0: Oh. They came They
1: came, I'm thrilled, you're here, it's not it... empty
0: so, so hello, thank you for coming um, I wondered if maybe t- just to, to, to start to warm things up You'd like to turn to the person next to you and give them a big hug <laughs> Come on No, 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 I'm only kidding I thought what, what we could do actually is one at a time If you stand up and maybe give us a fact about yourself <laughs> Doing it. Yeah, um, but th- thank you for coming. It's been a while, hasn't it, since it we has. did one of these? Yeah, yeah. How long do you think? Uh,
1: two years, three years, four years. I yeah.
0: Don't know. <laughs> I have to say, I, I, I am aware of the physical decline uh, in, in the years since you last saw me, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. If you were thinking, I was thinking, you know, that, that bit in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory where he comes out and he's kind of feigning being this old, frail <laughs> man, and then he starts doing somersaults. Yeah. It's, it's like that, but without the somersaults. Okay, right, right. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not been kind to me these past few years. Um, so here we are, 300 episodes. I can't believe it. Yeah. And do you know what? We, we started, I think it was the early, late summer, early autumn of 2017, wasn't it? Yeah and, yeah, yeah, and if you had said to me all those years ago that, that we would be here mm. all this time later, yeah. talking to you people in, uh, in a room like this in Shoreditch, I would have been disappointed, to be honest. <laughs> I, I I, w- I would have thought maybe the Royal Albert Hall. But, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't quite work out like that for us. Uh, I have a little quiz for Annabelle that you can you can help Annabelle okay. with here. Um, so it's our episode 300. And I have a list of things I want to know whether there are more or less than 300. So is the number higher or lower? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the number of songs recorded by the music group The Beatles... Uh, during their time together as a band. Is that higher or lower than three hundred?
1: I mean I feel like it must be lower, but would would uh, okay, high higher. I think it's higher. It's higher.
0: It's lower. They released two 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 hundred and two (laughs) hundred and nineteen songs during the record. Okay. uh, total number of episodes of Last of the Summer Wine.
1: Oh
0: higher or lower than three hundred?
1: Hi- higher, do you think? There's even that many. Higher. Lower.
0: What's the answer? I'm
1: gonna go lower. Two hundred and
0: ninety-five. Yes. Beans in a standard can of Heinz beans.
1: <laughs> oh come on. Higher There's... or lower? Lower, lower. Like higher? Really? Three more than three hundred beans in a No, it's lower.
0: Four hundred and
1: ninety-five? What? catering cans
0: <laughs> um, what about popes in the entire history of poping
1: oh that's a good one yep. um, what, what do you think higher or lo- higher lower 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 lower
0: 266 good
1: thank you good
0: uh, Jarvan rhinos in the wild oh higher or lower
1: lower only lower.
0: 75
1: <gasps>
0: oh yeah that's really why I got you here today <laughs> to, uh, to just reflect on that <laughs> Public libraries in London.
1: London, oh, lower, lower. Three hundred
0: twenty-five. Ah, that's
1: nice. Currently,
0: good. Good. Um, Van Gogh paintings. Higher or lower?
1: Do we count all those reproductions he did? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going higher then. Yeah, yeah,
0: about nine hundred. Oh, Munchkins in the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) How many Munchkins did they hire? No, what
1: do you think? I've no idea. Lower, lower.
0: 124. Good, good. Uh, number of EastEnders episodes featuring James Wilmot Brown.
1: <laughs> I'm not a bloody yuppie. Thank you, thank you. I'm so glad you
0: squeezed that in. <laughs> uh, between
1: 1986
0: and 2017, higher or lower? 2017. Must be lower. 178. Yes. Uh, number of teddy bears owned by Prince Andrew. Oh. Higher or lower than 300? <laughs> lower. Yeah, he's only got 72. Oh, is that all? Yeah. That's so weird. And the reported number of sexual partners of Fidel Castro.
1: <laughs> higher.
0: higher. Do you want to hazard a guess, anyone? Anyone? A thousand? Any advance? Uh, higher or lower than a thousand? Higher. higher. So say 35,000.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he, c- he claimed to have two partners a day for, for his adult life. Which, that would be no repeats, no days where he was feeling bilious or just not in the mood (laughs) for him. I mean, 35, that seems a lot to me. Um, We're going to do something called the Adrift Historical Society. Yes. Now, this is... um, uh, Anybody here a fan of statues? What? (laughs) Statues. No? Yeah. To be honest, I don't really like a statue. I spoke to somebody recently. You know there's all the controversy about which statues should stay up and which ones shouldn't and all that. Somebody said to me, they should just take them all down. And I thought, actually, that's not a bad idea. I mean, maybe not like Christ the Redeemer and the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> Venus de Milo, but otherwise, would you miss them? Oh, the yeah, others, no. And and would you then miss them? And
1: then you're sort of saving any future problems and yeah. so just get rid of them all now, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: I don't think a statue is anybody's favourite piece of public art, is it? No, that's true. Um, but we've decided to, to erect an imaginary statue for our uh, 300th episode. And Annabelle and I both have a historical drifter each that we're going to advocate for. Yes. And you can choose which one gets the imaginary statue. Um, so, do you
1: want to go first? Or should okay. I? Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, okay. So, my I want to nominate Greta Garbo. She of I want to be let alone the Swedish Sphinx. So that th- was her nickname. Th- I, I didn't know that. You wrote that down for me, and I was like, I'll read it out. But like, yeah, that's a we've
0: been doing back and forth in. We should have had a shared Google Doc, shouldn't we? Because I know. You sent know. me this information, then I wrote the Swedish Sphinx <laughs> on the top of it, and uh, fa- her most famous quote was. Uh, I Want to Be Alone, wasn't it? No,
1: it's I Want to Be Let Alone. Is that really? Yeah, yeah she gets misquoted all the time.
0: Like Be Me Up Scotty. Yes,
1: exactly. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let alone?
1: I want. Yeah, I know. It's Is that from, because was, English
0: wasn't her first language? It was from
1: a film. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, it doesn't quite make sense. But she was at pains to point out if someone went to her, hey, hey, I want to be, she'd be like, I want to be let alone. Well, you would. She hated being yeah. misquoted on it. So she refused to do interviews and she avoided all film premieres and award ceremonies. She never attended the Oscars, even when she was nominated or been promised an honorary Oscar. She retired at 36 and then lived alone for the rest of her life in Manhattan. She was very private, although once when the building staff went on strike, she operated the lifts for all the other residents that day. (laughs) Well, like a bellboy. Yes, yeah, she just thought, oh, I quite fancy doing that job, and now's my chance. That surely would be the worst job
0: for an introvert.
1: Oh, because all the small talk in a combined space.
0: Although it's very short journeys, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, okay. okay. There was something
1: about it. She wanted to have a go, I think. She was not a recluse, though. She went out for long walks every day, but always dressed in disguise. She insisted that her home phone was black, but said, sometimes I don't call anyone for weeks. I don't answer the phone. She hated visitors or outsiders on set and preferred the crew to be kept to a bare minimum. Drifting was a word she frequently used about herself. In 1946, she told reporters, I have no plans, either for the movies or anything else. I'm just drifting. And when once urged to socialise more, she replied, I want to do more with people, but I can't. I can't help it. I was born that way. Come on. She needs to be the statue, right? Okay. Okay.
0: So I, I'm going to propose Thomas Jefferson.
1: So what was he, the third president? I ju- I ju- yes. I
0: ju- I ju- There's something uncomfortable that uh, we didn't realise when, uh, when we chose these two. Yeah. Own slaves. Let's, let's just put that aside. I've definitely won, haven't I? <laughs> 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 Carry on. <laughs> Um, so despite being the third president of the United States, he only ever made two public speeches. <laughs> That's impressive. Which were his inaugural addresses, which he mumbled his way through. Good. And, and then knowing how quiet that he would be, the newspapers printed out uh, copies of the speech in advance so everyone could read along.
1: We should, we should have done that for <laughs> <Yes>. this.
0: <laughs> he, he would get so nervous at the thought of making a speech that he'd fake sickness good well done it yeah, yeah. Uh, he hated eye contact and had a weak high pitched voice he couldn't raise it above a normal speaking volume without becoming uh, unintelligible so, uh, right, so okay. he never, never shouted um, oh here's something about him he made his own bible by cutting out the parts that he didn't like
1: I respect that I respect that because there's lots of bits that aren't so good so yeah that's great
0: when he, when he wrote his autobiography, by the 20th page, he expressed concerns that he was writing about himself too much. <laughs> and uh, this, this is interesting. He, he loved mockingbirds and had some as pets, which he took to meetings to calm himself. His favourite one was called Dick, and this bird was allowed to roam free in his office and sing along whilst he played the violin. Oh. I... I don't think you're not drawing attention to yourself by taking a mockingbird to a meeting.
1: Well, but, yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? Everyone's talking about that. It, it eliminates the need for small talks. Everyone's like, oh, you're mockingbirds. Like, yeah. I think it's like, well, maybe you should get a mockingbird. I love
2: it.
0: OK, well, that's, that's Thomas Jefferson. But... <laughs> own slaves. Yeah, so, uh, fresh Garbo didn't. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's into competition I'm so confessing it was just like we'll have one each and now uh, suddenly it's, it's this big contest uh,
0: who thinks the uh, statue should be of Thomas Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> good good that was a test we were going uh, to publicly shame you'd you'd you you'd have to have left yeah. had you voted for, for Jefferson and
1: who thinks it should be Greta Garbo yay
0: <laughs> All right, you you have some classic
1: email. Yes, I'm going to my my lectern now.
0: So So tell us about the process of going through the inbox. So
1: first of all, it was impossible to choose three. Bearing in mind that there's been, I'd say between 600 and 900, there's been over the years. And so what we did was decided to pick one from the first half of that, so the first few years, to make it so it wasn't like one from last week, because that might not be as good. And then there was one that I remember straight... You mean it'd be
0: too fresh in people's minds, not the sorry. quality of the email? Oh, no, 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 sorry. Yeah. No,
1: yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, too fresh in people's minds, yeah, yeah. There was one that uh, we both remembered straight away that had to be included, and then the others formed a long list, and then we couldn't decide, so we just picked two out of a hat. So... The first one, I think the first person, the person might be here tonight. So the first one is from Lee Jackson.
0: Is Lee <laughs> Lee is here?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's here. Okay, I hope I do your worst, Justin.
0: People are saving their applause until they've heard the email. <laughs> a lot of pressure on Lee right now. Right, Let's
1: go. It was the summer of 1988, And I was working at the HMV Megastore on London's Oxford Street, which was a hotspot for bands doing record signings and in-store promotions. One morning, we were all summoned into the office where it was disclosed in a tone that should really be reserved for the announcement of an impending war that the most important signing in the store's history was to take place that very day we were told that we had to be on our A game and it was solemnly relayed that this day we were going to be visited by none other than his royal purple highness, Lord Love Sexy himself, Prince. It has to be said this was at the very height of his success and it was a pretty big deal. In fact, one could say he was at the peak of his purple reign. LAUGHTER <laughs> It was explained that he would arrive at the front of the store, do 30 minutes of signing, then exit via the back of the store where a limo would be waiting for him. Just to give a dull bit of geography of this area, at the rear of the store there was a staff-only door, which led to a corridor, but directly in front as you went through this door was an opening leading to the loading bay. No one used this as an entrance or exit, it was simply an opening, and as such, it had no steps. It only had a large concrete platform leading to it. I was given the smallest menial job, and in reflection, I'm sure jobs were assigned in order of levels of responsibility. And as I didn't have an A game, in fact, I didn't possess any games, I basically had to point at the limo when Prince came through the door. I was essentially a human signpost to stop him taking the more obvious route of heading down the corridor. Later that day, as I waited in the hall, I suddenly heard general excited crowd noises and knew that signalled his arrival. Minutes later, the steel door of the loading bay opened and a blacked out limo slowly cruised in. I knew I had only roughly 30 minutes before my grand pointing responsibility – as I mentioned, the step leading to the loading bay was very high and Prince is famously, well, not so high. I set about finding something that could act as a step should he need it and soon found a large, empty plastic milk crate. I flipped it upside down and smugly placed it at the foot of the platform. Time passed and eventually I heard an accelerating level of crowd hysteria and realised this signified Prince was about to leave the building. I primed my finger. <laughs> Moments later, the staff-only door flew open, and in a flash, a huge wardrobe-side bodyguard leapt directly up the step towards the limo. Prince's then-leggy backing singer cat effortlessly did the same. I saw immediately another minder was blocking the shop floor side of the staff door, which left me standing alone and centimetres away from the grand purple monarch Prince himself wearing a white polka dot jumpsuit, Cleopatra eyeliner and reeking of lavender. He was buzzing with adrenaline, but this seemed to deflate ever so slightly as he saw the large step facing him. I continued pointing at the limo and threw a fleeting microsecond glance to the milk milk crate. And in my head, Prince gave me a, I don't know who you are, kid, but you've got class (laughs) sort of look. (laughs) It is at this point, it would be useful to point out a bit of fashion information. Possibly because of Prince's height, he favoured Cuban heeled footwear, which if presented to a non-fashion eater, could simply be described as high-heeled boots. Prince mounted my provided up to milk crate to scale the step, and the slim heel of the said Cuban boot basically sunk, and it became immediately obvious it was stuck. Prince looked puzzled, and at first gave it an awkward, sharp, single kick, which proved unsuccessful. So we started a series of rhythmic little jerky kicks to free himself, but still he remained attached to the crate. In every retelling of this incident, people always ask me, what did you do? I will tell you what I did. I employed my most dramatic use of the port protocol that I have ever <laughs> called upon before or since. I did nothing. <laughs> So shocked was I at this bizarre, intimate brush with a global musical icon, I froze and watched. A tiny part of my paralysis was the sheer fascination in seeing this bonkers sight. But largely, all I could think of was that my contribution to Prince's exit had essentially trapped him. (laughs) I have no idea how long I was standing there witnessing the snared superstar. It can't have been more than 15 seconds, but if someone told me a new season had come and gone, I would have to believe them. He eventually shook himself free, only to make a rather undignified scramble up the step, but not before witnessing my final pathetic flourish. As soon as he was free, I gave a glum, apologetic expression, teamed with a second offering of my withered finger (laughs) in the direction of his car, which was met with Prince throwing me, I know where the bloody car is, you idiot, sort of look. The limo doors were soon slammed and the car disappeared into the London streets and he was gone. All was silent. You could have heard a dove cry. (laughs) I stood for a few minutes, delighted that no one had witnessed the sorry incident, or so I thought, as behind me was a work colleague who had seen the entire sorry display. My only saving grace was in every attempt in her relaying the story, she became so hysterical she couldn't get the words out.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. I'm sorry. Lee, we're not going to embarrass you by asking questions, but one yes or no question. Were there no CCTV cameras in that loading bay?
1: <laughs>
0: oh. that, that would go viral, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, yes. We're
0: going to play a little game. Uh, who remembers Mr and Mrs on the television? It's not like that <laughs> um, because that would be some kind of breach of intellectual yeah. copyright, yeah, yeah. intellectual property. So I, I think there's in, enough difference between what we're about to do and that. Um, so the way this is going to work is uh, Annabelle is going to answer three questions. I will not be able to hear the answers to those questions because I will be wearing noise-cancelling headphones. Maybe I'll listen to a podcast. Um, <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and, and then I will do the same while you wear the headphones. Yeah. And we will see if, if we can predict the correct answers and see who knows each other best.
1: But who's gonna ask the questions?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> since this is called the pod couple, let's have the, the third person in this marriage. Uh, it's my actual wife, Sarah Barron. <laughs> Woo!
2: <laughs> Hi. 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 Is, is this Hi. on, is this working? Thanks yeah, so much for there? having me. How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Happy with Are you reception? guys having a nice time? <laughs>
1: She's just going to take it. I just now. want to
2: know do you feel it's going well? I think it's going well. People are laughing. But it's a joy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: So uh, so do I need to go away and uh, and and Oh yes, to, yeah. is, that, is that
2: your Q? Yes. So Jeff, you put on your headphones. Where exactly are you going to station yourself in that chair? Okay, <laughs> Jeff, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Do you know what I'm saying? No,
1: you're good. You're good.
2: Should I? Do you want to? No. no. no okay. All right, so Annabelle, yes. these are questions and you're, you're doing your best to answer what Jeff himself would answer. No, I'm answering about myself. Okay, thanks okay. so much. We, we... <laughs> 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 okay. okay, so. Yeah. Um, who do you most dread knocking at your door? Okay. The supermarket delivery driver, okay. Jehovah's Witnesses, or a neighbor wanting to leave keys for a tradesperson? That one. Number yeah, three? Yeah, And yeah, you're not yeah, saying that yeah, just yeah, because yeah. it was the last one, it's yeah, freshest yeah, into your no, mind? No, no, that's okay. a nightmare. Okay. Yeah. Which of these is the least anxiety producing? Okay. Haggling at a car boot sale? Haggling, okay. Do you know what that means? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think of you as a smart woman, but there was just so many <laughs> questions in your voice. Haggling. Okay, so we have haggling at a car boot sale. Fine, you've absorbed that. Tipping the hair washer at a hair salon. Annabelle. Or number three, a secret Santa. Oh, I'm actually going to go the middle one. I find that very painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's so bad. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I'm very cheap, so I don't tip generally, but I can see how (laughs) for a different person that could be difficult. Okay, Mm -hmm. number three, what's the worst thing that can happen at a holiday resort? Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. A family you've made small talk with by the pool invites you to join them at their table for dinner. (gasps) (gasps) Uh, (gasps) uh, uh, Disgusting. (laughs) B, you have to go and get something from the room while the cleaner is in there okay okay three a former colleague with whom you have a purely polite relationship is staying at the same place for the whole time you're there that one yeah that that's one. so bad yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so those are all of your questions round of applause for annabelle please you can stop you can take your headphones off now great she did really great what are you listening to, honey? Uh,
0: rock and roll music.
2: Oh, did you plan that ahead of time, or was it just what struck just you in the moment? What, just what struck me in the moment. That's fun. <laughs> All right, Annabelle, are you locked and loaded? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Locked... You, you can't hear you me. <laughs> okay. okay, good. Oh, now she's taking them off again. Okay. So, question number one. Yes. Would you rather go to uh-huh. someone else's kid's birthday party, a wedding... Or a funeral? Uh, and you just take your time. No, well...
0: So, so as, I, I, I hate going to a kid's birthday party. I've got nothing to say to other parents. Horrendous. I hate going to a wedding. I, you I, like
2: going to the actual... You like the ceremony. You despise the reception. Is that yes? Fair?
0: Which is why I'm going to say the funeral. Oh. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not, not just being obtuse. Uh-huh. But if you go to a funeral, there's no pressure to go to the wake because the the, mm-hmm. the going to the funeral is paying your respects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I d- I don't want to go to a funeral. No. I want everybody to live long lives, but yeah. there is an inevitability, isn't there? Yeah. So so I, I want to go to a funeral yeah. somebody who's lived a, a long and happy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know how to express my condolences and and then I'd um, and th- then I'd leave and not go to the wake. So a, a funeral, definitely a funeral. Fine. Okay.
2: What's worse? A, thinking what to write in a leaving card. Thinking what to say when a taxi driver makes a sexist comment. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking how to console someone who is crying.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) Um, The leaving card, what I like to do is is imitating other people's handwriting and then adding, uh, like, PSs onto their (laughs) things. So... um, (laughs) Uh, that's okay and then the taxi driver sexist oh, God, oh I hate those. what was the third one
2: um, thinking how to console someone who's crying I think you was sort of okay at that No, but aside the, the, from that one time
0: it's like I don't, I don't know what to do with myself should I be hugging mm. I, d- I don't like to offer a, a platitude I don't want to say oh everything's going to work out because no, it might not no but um, I think it's the, it's the taxi driver with the sexist comment Yeah, yep. because I don't want to get into it but I don't want to give it, him or her the idea that <laughs> I approve either so I've perfected a pained expression. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> like that. Like that. I say, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: <clears throat> What's the hardest? A uh-huh. leaving a small shop without buying anything when it's only you and the owner in there. <laughs> being in a restaurant and having to explain you're a vegetarian but that you don't like eggs. <laughs> when you have a meeting somewhere where there are two receptionists.
0: Oh god. I mean they're all awful, aren't they? What was the first one again?
2: Leaving a small shop without buying anything when it's oh, only you yeah, and the yeah, owner yeah. in there.
0: Just you always feel like you you are if it, if it's the owner, or you think it's their business. It's it's like their goods aren't good enough for you.
2: And it's, it's like, like their dream.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: and you're like, your dream is not interesting to
0: me. Um, And then the two receptionists, because you feel like you're playing favorites.
2: I know that doesn't. That one. I mean, really?
0: Is that just me? You go in somewhere, the two receptionists. If you're choosing one, you worry that you're insulting the other one.
2: Everyone identifies with that as a concern.
0: Okay, got to go small shop.
2: Small shop, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that for you. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring you back Annabelle Port. Annabelle? Oh, she knew. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, so I'm asking this of you. Yes. Who does Annabelle most dread knocking at the door? Uh-huh. The supermarket delivery driver, Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> In the house. That was a grown up, wasn't it? That was some grown up interaction. Okay. Jehovah's Witness or a neighbor wanting to leave keys for a tradesperson. Oh,
0: I, th- I think you'd be fine with the Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> um, so is it the delivery driver? We've had discussions about the whole thing with the bags and feeling like you're expecting them to be your servants. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, but then if somebody leaves keys, you don't know. You're worried that you're not going to hear the door or you're going to pop out to walk the dog and that's the exact window of time. uh I'm. I'm going to go. The neighbour wanted to leave keys. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That well was done, so good well job, Jeff. Okay, Annabelle. Right. Would Jeff rather? Okay. Go to someone else's kid's birthday party.
1: <laughs> right.
2: A wedding. Oh. Or a funeral. Oh, this is tough. Now, I
1: know that you're not keen on going to the birthday parties. A wedding, I think it would be worse for you because it's all day and all night and dan- you have to dance. So I think a wedding would be worse for you. A funeral, I think, I mean, depending on how well you knew the person, like, I think you'd enjoy hearing the story of their life um, and then you'd have something to talk about and then you could sort of leave quite early. I'm tempted to say funeral. Yes! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, Jeff, what is the most anxiety producing okay. for Annabelle? Okay. Haggling at a car boot sale, Yep. tipping the hair washer at a hair salon, uh-huh. or a secret Santa? Oh. This is difficult, this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think you'd enjoy a haggle. But you, you, maybe you kind of get into the spirit of it a little bit at a car boot sale. My
1: entrepreneurship yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, the second one was
2: tipping the hair washer so that, well, at a I hair salon. I know you've got
0: previous with this, and it's not gone well for you. And the third one is a Secret Santa. Secret Santa. So the most
2: anxiety-producing. Of the- what is the mm-hmm. most anxiety-producing? I think it might be the hair washer. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Very good. Very good. Okay, Annabelle, what is the worst for Jeff? Okay. Thinking what to write in a leaving card. Oh, yeah. Thinking what to say when a taxi driver makes a sexist comment. Oh, okay. Or thinking, to, thinking how to console someone who's crying. Which of those three things is the worst for him?
1: Well, in a way, the leaving card one is the worst because it's something that you do that many other people then also have to look at. Because if it's going around an office or something, everyone sees what you've written. The taxi driver one, I know that you have big problems in that in the past. What was the last one again? Thinking how to console oh, someone who's crying. I think you're all right at that. I think you're quite good at that.
0: This, uh, this is good that both you and Sarah think that.
1: Yeah, I think you're so quite I'm good, at yeah, good at that. i comfortable Yeah, no, you're good at that. I'm good, So I'm
2: going to go number two, the taxi driver. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Jeff, you're going for three out of three for okay, Annabelle. okay. What's the worst thing that can happen for Annabelle uh-huh. at a holiday resort? Uh-huh. A family who you've made small talk with by the pool invites you to join them at their table for dinner. Oh, God. (laughs) You have to go and get something from the room while the cleaner is in there. Oh. A former colleague with whom you have a purely polite relationship is staying at the same place for the whole time you're there. Which of those three things is the worst for Annabelle?
0: Oh, I have a clear sense. I have a clear sense of this. Okay. Because it's... Even if it's on a, a tube platform, you can't cope with it. It's um, a colleague with a polite relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: This is great for three out of three. Okay, what's the hardest for Jeff, okay. Leaving a small shop without buying anything when it's only you and the owner in there. Okay. Yeah. Being in a restaurant and having to explain you're a vegetarian, but also you don't like eggs. Or three when you have a meeting somewhere and there are two receptionists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am gonna go. Oh, this is difficult. I'm gonna go for the first one. Yes! <laughs> wow! Do you want a hug or anything? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, the pod couple. Oh, Thank you, you Sarah. Oh. Thank you.
0: Uh, what a dreadful woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we have another classic email? Let's do it, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, uh, what do you want to tell us about this one?
1: Okay, this one came from August 2020. Uh, I don't think she's here, but maybe she is. It's from Caroline Wilson. She's not here. Okay.
0: <laughs> Silence is a guarantee of nothing. No,
1: true, 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 true. Okay. It was 1993, and I was working for the Ministry of Defence in an admin-type job. I worked in a large open-plan area with lots of different teams, but this was a large, labyrinthine building with lots of smaller offices, and we were great friends with the typists, Di and Lisa, who worked for the colonel, who was the big cheese for the organisation. They had a great little office to themselves with a coffee machine, radio, Breville sandwich toaster, plants, and even at one time, pet goldfish. The colonel was often away hobnobbing and the like, so it was a great place to go for a skive. Me and my friend Amanda regularly used to call in on the premise of collecting the posts for our team and have a coffee and a general gossip with Diane and Lisa in comfort and privacy. But this particular day, we dropped in. We were on a mission. Every year as part of the Christmas festivities, each team in the main office was tasked with coming up with a raffle or quiz to raise funds for the Christmas party. Raffles were dull with usually rubbish prizes, so we came up with an innovative idea to have a quiz based around pictures of body parts of our team. Whose are these fingers? Who has an ankle like this? You get the gist. This was before mobile phones, certainly pre-camera phones, so it was that we decided we would photocopy the body parts <laughs> to include in our quiz. And we would no doubt raise a few laughs, and most importantly, the funds for the do, which would garner the team a bottle of champagne for our efforts. So we nipped off to our chum's office to see how the photocopies would turn out. Amanda got to work by trying to fit her head in the photocopier and pull the top down. <laughs> Meanwhile, I noticed that Di and Lisa had a new addition to the decor, one of those third eye posters that has a very busy image. But if you sort of stare at it and grow go cross-eyed, you can see a 3D image. They were very popular in the 90s, but I always struggled to see the image. Di said you had to get in close, then pull away slowly and it would appear. And she said that this one was of someone I was a fan of and I'd love it. As Amanda was still wrestling with the photocopier, getting her massive head in it, I decided to climb on top of the tall filing cabinet under the poster so I could be in the best position with my nose pressed into the centre to pull back and see the image. It was, at this point, that the door opened and in walked the colonel, plus three esteemed high-up military types that he was showing around the office. They were wearing peat hats and at least one had gold effect chains on their uniforms. Proper big deal types. And this is where all the hard work goes on, he said as he walked in and then just stopped. As he was greeted by the sight of me on all fours, atop a filing cabinet with my nose pressed against the wall and Amanda bent over with her head encased in the photocopier. I didn't know what to do what on earth would they be thinking for some reason as I was nearest to them I felt the weight of responsibility to try and somehow make this seem normal in an impulsive move I turned to them and shouted hello and did a massive exaggerated wave as if I was waving them off to (laughs) war gestures that were so out of character for me nobody said anything at all it was super awkward and again I didn't know what to do so I just turned back to my all fours position and put my nose to the poster again, (laughs) blushing violently, and just stayed there, stock still, employing the port protocol. Amanda, meanwhile, had stayed frozen throughout, bent over the photocopier whilst it churned out copies of her face. (laughs) (laughs) I recall vaguely hearing something about Moving on. (laughs) And the colonel marched the visitors out. We almost died of shame. It took a long time to muster the courage to leave their office, as we were terrified we'd run into them again. We got back to our desks and never spoke of it again. I never mastered the art of the third eye poster. And our innovative quiz got banned by our boss because it was deemed inappropriate. We did someone's elbow crease and it looked too much like a bum. (laughs) So we ended up doing a boring raffle after all.
0: Ready for another way in which Annabelle is not a fully functioning adult.
1: Oh, that's more like it! Thank you! When I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today, I was thinking, well, I'm going to be on a stage. <laughs> it's not something that I'm particularly used to. And it made me think of all the times in the past when I have found myself on a stage, and a few stood out for all the wrong reasons. So I'm going to go through just a few of these times. The first one was, we're going back now to, I would say, six or seven primary school. It was a Christmas concert.
0: Was this back when you were known as Hamble?
1: I was never known as Hamble. (laughs) Flying flea, yes. Hamble, no. It was a Christmas concert. Now, it wasn't just a Christmas concert because it was the whole school singing, which meant that we had to decamp to a much larger hall somewhere else. So the audience was filled with everyone's member of families, uh, friends, other close relatives, and also members of the community. And I remember being in that room and it feeling really magical. Like there was twinkly lights. There was a big Christmas tree. And I'm not known for my singing. My good singing, I mean. (laughs) But (laughs) But I love singing as part of a group. Like belting your heart out. And we were doing all the big ones, all the big classic numbers. Away in a manger. Oh, come all ye faithful. All those. And I loved it. And my mum was in the audience. And I felt so happy and so proud. Afterwards... We finished. I ran towards my mum very excitedly. She was looking furious. She grabbed my arm and she hissed at me, you were touching yourself throughout the whole thing. (laughs) I was some kind of deviant carol singer. As I know now, totally normal. Maybe I was nervous and didn't realise it, but that was a very bad memory. I
0: mean, I don't know if now's the time to mention, but this afternoon you've been... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay now we're gonna go a bit older now mm-hmm. i'm a teenager i was in a drama group as a teen um, and one year there was a small group of us five girls and we entered the competition under the guidance of our teacher and in the competition you had to perform a short play it was spread over the course of a, a few weeks um now the play that we chose was called find me it's 35 years ago, I still remember it very well. What was different, It was about a girl called Verity, who had severe mental health problems, that started showing when she was a child, um, they got worse, she ended up um, being put in a mental hospital, and then Broadmoor. Very light material <laughs> for some teens. Um, what was interesting about it was all five of us played Verity, so it was very avant-garde uh, for 1980 South End teenagers. Now, we entered the competition, and while we all played Verity, we also played the other characters in the story, which at some point were the inmates of the mental institution. Now, we didn't know anything about what um, an inmate would do in mental institution, apart from, you know, what our own headset would be, which was we just thought that maybe they just rock backwards and forwards and loudly groan, which... Probably wasn't the best thing to do, which we knew when we lost the competition and the feedback said, I do wonder if the participants had visited a mental institution as part of their research, which is a question that very much answered itself. <laughs> One good thing is that while, while I was thinking about this, I looked up on YouTube to see if there were any performances of this play. And there are, but thank God this is pre-filming like, it days so my, my performance is not there. <laughs> okay, lastly... I'm gonna stay in the same drama group. I've mentioned, we do not just these little competitions, we do one big show every year. And I've mentioned before the time that I played Morpheus, the sprite of sleep, in Sleeping Beauty, which is a character that is from ancient Greece and hasn't ever appeared in that pantomime before or since. <laughs> uh, it was an unusual choice, but I had to do a solo. Even weirder, I sang the frog chorus by Paul McCartney. And it was taped by one of the dabs who sold VHSs, and you can very loudly hear a boy in the audience say, She can't sing.
0: Oh, Annabelle. <laughs>
1: Also, we did Annie. Now, in Annie, I had quite a good part. I played one of the orphans, Pepper, who is one of the less attractive, more aggro ones. (laughs) I only had uh, one line of dialogue in this, though,
2: um,
1: which was when the orphans go to see uh, Daddy Warbucks' mansion. Oh, by the way, when I was thinking about this yesterday, Daddy Warbucks, did you realise that he got his name because he was a war profiteer? Warbucks. Whoa. Yes, that was way he's got his name, Daddy Warbucks. Unless it was like some kind of weird nominative determinism, like stranger than Usain Bolt, Thomas Crapper and Gary Oldman, now that he's 65. <laughs> but yeah, Gary Warbucks. Did you, did you ever make you ever made that connection? Me neither. That's why he's called it. Yeah. Is this
0: a theory that you've developed?
1: Well, Warbucks. And then I looked up his character and he was a war profiteer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I had one line, which they, they walk into this like amazing, huge, ornate mansion and this orphan goes, who'd want to live in this dump? I feel they're really like, they really cast against type there with that kind of sunny, positive disposition. (laughs) Now, as you know, Annie is an American musical, Mm -hmm. so it had to be done in an American accent. And anyone who's here from the old radio shows days may remember that I'm not so good in an American accent. And like, as a child, it was probably even worse. So what should have been, who once lived in this time, was like, Who'd want to live in this dump? It was so bad. Every single night, every single night I said it, I was like, oh, God, I sound so terrible. I also had one line of singing solo, and they took it away from me after the first night. <sighs> no. Yeah. But hey, look at me now, back on a stage. <laughs> what are we? Three quarters of the way through, doing great, right? Oh.
0: Uh, uh. Should we have a look at some of these quandaries then?
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, we've had that WhatsApp number up. Okay, Uh, this comes from, I think, Gail, uh, who says, "Um, my dilemma today at the show. Okay. I went to the toilets and the flush wasn't working. Mm. It always happens to me. Mm. When I went out, I noticed a queue, so there's no way to hide. I told the lady behind me and she said, never mind she's probably made things worse for the next person should i've got my hands dirty and looked at google or chat gpt for a solution so what is the situation to do i tell you what no one's ever pleased to hear what your toilet isn't flushing.
1: No. Like you,
0: you, you think you're doing a public-spirited thing
1: Mm-mm. by
0: going and, uh, and and telling a member of staff, mm. but no member of staff wants that on their plate. No, no. Um, what, what do you think?
1: I think that uh, port protocol. <laughs> Just say nothing, carry on your day.
0: But even when there's a queue behind you. Yeah, it's
1: painful, but there's nothing. what else can you do? This is from Pete. I got to the venue early today, and it's great to be in a safe space to stand around awkwardly by myself. But what should I do at an event full of non-drifters? Good question. I often go to gigs or comedy shows by myself and get there early as I'm anxious about being late. Is there any way to avoid looking like a creepy loner? <laughs> Any advice appreciated. All best wishes. Oh well, yes. How can you? I think staring at your phone. I mean, thank God for phones. Yes. Bring bring a book.
0: Yeah. Also, maybe like a garment that conveys a certain type of class. Maybe a trench coat. <laughs> a brown trench. Coat. And if it's stained,
1: don't worry. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, yeah. I, I, I think it's unavoidable, but staring staring at your phone. Oh, look at, looking looking. Um, like l- looking like you're busy.
1: Okay. How would you, you know, how l- like to do you that? Think, <laughs> oh, I've, got,
0: I've got to get through this. Uh, I've got somewhere else to be. I better sit watch the comedy show. I better watch the podcast record. <laughs> Whatever it is, you better be at this conference. Um, and then I've got to go and g- go and do some something Don't else. Don't think that's
1: giving off any kind of mad energy, <laughs> what you're suggesting.
0: Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. Uh, okay what set. else we got here? Oh, this is from Rosie, who says, oh, someone here is being real friendly, introducing himself, shaking hands and such. Who is that person?
1: Stand up now what's, what's and identify you? yourselves. That's lovely. I love that. Do you? I do. I do love that. It's
0: nice for him to have the confidence no, and self-assurance. Nice.
1: It's not nice for Rosie is to pees? deal with it.
0: It's
2: <laughs> a um, the quandary.
0: The, the quandary is uh, it's causing mild panic amongst the drifters.
1: <laughs> mild panic. She says,
0: uh, "How do I deal with this situation?" <laughs> Ready for the plot twist? Oh, go on. Also, it's my husband.
1: Oh!
0: Okay, okay, Annabelle. So I feel that you uh, you, you, are... Uh...
1: Well, this is my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be Tom going around. Um, but yeah, you just have to um, say to them later, don't do that ever again. <laughs> No, you just, I think it's a good thing because it means that you you don't have to do it. I love that it's your husband. Yeah, it's good because you can just sort of do nothing. I think it's a great thing. You should enjoy that, Rosie. Right, next one. A friend of mine, also a hairdressing one. This is from Sal. A friend of mine cuts my hair. I've always given my hairdresser a tip but feel really awkward tipping a friend. Mm. Uh. I usually make up for it with a bottle of something really nice at Christmas, but should I tip her cash each time? I have been through this. And the way I did it was I said, "Do I? Do I? Do I?" <laughs> exactly like this. Do I? Should I? Do I? Do I? Like very awkwardly. Do, do I? Do I give you a tip? She's like, "Oh God, no!" And that was that.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's something insulting about tipping a friend it's
1: weird right? it's weird I think you're doing the perfect thing like, yeah give them something nice and even maybe every now and then maybe Christmas Easter Valentine's Day like, <laughs> <laughs> anything that's an occasion bank holiday yeah, yeah. So anything give them a something <laughs> <Smith and> <laughs> I've been watching that Netflix thing you know <laughs> it's on my mind
0: uh, is, that, is that all of them or some, oh, have it's got, one got one more, more one, one more. more it's from Verity oh. hello Verity nice to know you're here um, <laughs> waving to thank cars uh, a zebra crossing is correct.
1: Oh, good, yeah.
0: But what about when it's a pedestrian crossing with a red light and a green man? Do you still thank the car for stopping at the red light? It feels silly they just obeyed the highway code, but at the same time, it's obvious the entire road of traffic has stopped for you, one meager pr- pedestrian, to thank or not to thank.
1: Well, I think a drifter would thank, and I think that's an insane thing to do, but the right thing to do. <laughs> I just want to put, make the point that the person who's stopping at
0: the zebra crossing is only obeying the highway. Like, they get more credit for it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. And they shouldn't. Yeah. No, because what the alternative is like, yeah, ramming you over. If Yeah, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, so I, I think, I think it's, I think, yeah, the more you can like wave at drivers, the better, surely. They're an angry bunch sometimes, aren't they? <laughs> Let's keep them all happy.
0: All right. Thank you for those uh, quickfire quandaries. <laughs> Uh, so, what's this uh, this final email? Okay, if finally, you haven't already guessed,
1: I have a final one. Now, funnily enough, this came back from the very first few months of the podcast. When I look back at the original email, it started with this line: "I have a story that I've been meaning to write down, but I'm worried that it's not that funny." <laughs> Which I think that's such a, that's the most rifter thing ever to write that at the beginning of an email. It comes from Jonathan Chan. <laughs> At random points in my life, this story pops into my head and I cringe. I mean, physically cringe, which does get me some strange looks when I suddenly screw up my face in disappointment and sometimes mutter out loud, Oh no, why? <laughs> I grew up in Scotland in a small cul de sac, and the neighbours that lived around my mum and dad's house were much older. I don't know why this was the case. Maybe when they were all purchased, the builders did some really good marketing to a very specific age demographic. As the only young family in the area and as an adventurous kid, I'd visit the neighbours' houses and they would welcome me and give me juice and biscuits, sometimes play football in the back garden, you know, stuff like that. As I grew older, the visits were less frequent, as it gets awkward if you pop over as a teen. Anyway, I'd better stuff to do than hang out with old people. And as time marches on, the older neighbours got until the older the neighbours got until one day one of the neighbours died. Mr. Smith was a lovely man. I remembered him as someone that was wise, witty, and just really nice. So I went to his funeral and sat in the crematorium, surrounded by Mr. Smith's relatives and friends, who were obviously sad and distraught. I was reminiscing on the stories and memories of visiting when I was younger, and I remember glancing at Mrs Smith and wondering what she must be thinking. How do you cope with losing someone that you'd married and lived with for decades? These are the generations that really stuck together. This must be absolutely devastating. The world you know, new, changing permanently forever. Anyway, the service was very good. Is that right? Feels off to say a funeral service was good. And Mrs Smith waited by the door and everyone queued up to offer sympathy. I thought it was only right to also say something too, so I queued up. I watched the people in front say something in subdued tones, then give her a hug. That's when it suddenly struck me. <laughs> What could I say that would encapsulate the whole enormity of her husband's passing? How could anything my brain create offer any condolence to this painfully new widow that looked so fragile and helpless when she was usually so full of energy and positivity? I did the only thing that I could do and panicked. The queue grew shorter. Only five people left and then it was my turn. My mind worked out a solution. Let's get a phrase now. Let's get a phrase and practice it internally. And then when you get there, don't do anything stupid. Repeat the phrase, hug, move on. That's the plan. That's a good plan for people to go. Okay, things to say. My thoughts are with you. Hmm, Too short. My thoughts are with you in this time of grief. Good, but sounds like something that would come out of a card. Needs to be more personal. Think of something more personal. Thanks for all the juice. Mm, Too personal. She'd never remember that she handed out juice anyway. It says nothing about her loss. I snapped out of my panic. The queue was getting shorter and with every person, poor Mrs Smith was looking more and more distressed. I regretted getting into the queue. I could just leave the queue, but I'm now third and I can't just wait all this time and then walk away as if I'm suddenly not interested or I'm late for the bus.' I've got to get my phrase and then just deliver it and get out of this horrible situation. I'm sorry for your loss. Hmm, That's better. It's personal, it's short, not too long, perfect. I started to relax. I'm sorry for your loss. Hug, release, walk away. I kept repeating it and my lips moved as I practiced. Second in the queue and the worst thing possible happened. As if the person in front of me had picked up on my repeated whispering, They approached the distressed Mrs Smith and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. I couldn't believe it. I can't say that now. That looks like I've just not thought about it at all. That the best I could do while waiting in line, while sitting in the service, was to blindly repeat the phrase used by the person in front of me. I started sweating. My eyes saw the person in front hug the frail Mrs Smith and walk away. The small, vulnerable eyes of Mrs Smith met mine. I had nothing to say. I walked forward and went to hug her. She responded with the most frail and heartbreaking hug I have ever had. My brain was a mess with panic. I didn't know what I should say. And as I hugged her, I whispered in her ear the first thing that came into my head. Unlucky.
0: LAUGHTER
1: mortification hit immediately and i couldn't look at her i started walking very quickly away and never turned around why did i come out with that what was i thinking it wasn't even on the short list (laughs) so even to this day and as i write this i can replay the lead up and the moment in my head each time i cringe as fresh as when it happened I hope that in any way sharing this might make my memory of this situation better. Is he he here today? He's not, he was gonna fly over from the Netherlands but I don't think, he came! Oh my God, no! What?
0: I'm thrilled. In the presence of greatness, and we're going to finish by scientifically uh, finding the worst. A Drifter's Worst Nightmare. Yes. So we each have a pile of stuff. Yeah. We'll eliminate into until we're left with one thing. Yes. So it's like a a, a, a a smackdown. Is it a face-off? Yes. A knockout? Yes, yes. Situations? Yes, yes. Uh, I'll read one. Annabelle, read one. Yes. You'll pick which one goes through. Um, we'll eventually just be left with two. Ready? Okay. Right. Okay. You're at a full cinema with a friend who makes loud comments to you throughout.
1: Oh. You're staying overnight at someone's small house. You get an upset tummy and need to go to the toilet in the middle of the night and a face would decide between leaving the stench or flushing and waking everyone up. Cinema. (laughs) Staying overnight at someone's small house having to flush the toilet. Um, Okay,
0: yours goes through. Uh, You say a big goodbye at an event and then leave and then realise you've forgotten something and have to go back in.
1: After pressing send on a work email, you realise you've added, without thinking, three kisses after your name. Double goodbye. (laughs) Work email. Double goodbye.
0: Double goodbye. You're sitting in the window seat on a long-haul flight. The two strangers in the middle and aisle seats are fast asleep and you are desperate for the toilet.
1: You go to a wedding as a plus one. There is a sit-down meal and you notice from the seating plan that you've been separated from your partner window seat wedding
0: <laughs> uh, your dietary requirements have been forgotten by a host of the food you can't eat forms a main part of the meal that you are served
1: by the third time of saying pardon you still can't hear what someone has said to you
0: <laughs> dietary requirements
1: pardon <laughs>
0: You've paid for something in a shop with coins, but one gets handed back as it's a foreign coin and it looks like you've tried to con them.
1: You congratulate someone on their pregnancy, but they are not pregnant. Foreign coin. (laughs) Pregnancy.
0: You leave an event at the same time as someone else, you know, and it turns out they're
1: going the same way as you. When having a massage, your face is on the table with your face through that hole and you start getting a really runny nose. Same way. Yeah. Okay. Runny nose.
0: You, you've forgotten someone's name and need to introduce them to another person.
1: You are trying and failing to perform a particularly difficult parallel park whilst one or more strangers takes an interest.
0: Forgotten name.
1: <laughs> parallel park. <laughs>
0: After leaving the toilet on a flight, you discover the trolley service has started and you're trapped standing <laughs> up in the aisle.
1: You're talking to someone superior, e.g. boss, parent-in-law, but they have a large bogey by their lip and you can't decide whether to mention it or not.
0: Plain toilet.
1: Bogey face. Okay,
0: Okay, we've got an even number here, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we should do, yeah.
0: Okay, Um, The double goodbye. Toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Leaving an event and having to go the same way as someone.
1: And pardon. Yeah. Bogey on lip. And congratulating someone who's pregnant. OK. There Nearly are four there. left. We're it's, now, now we'll going to find out over. who's going to be in the final. I'll say uh, who, like it's a person. Separated from partner at wedding. <laughs> Toilet in the night. I think partner there. OK. Uh, third Pardon. Pregnancy.
0: Okay, third pardon it is. So we're left with two.
1: This is the grand final.
0: You go to a wedding as a plus one. There is a sit-down meal and you notice from the seating plan that you've been separated from your partner.
1: By the third time of saying pardon, you still can't hear what someone has said to you. Separated from partner. Pardon. (laughs) The worst thing that can happen to a drifter. (laughs)
0: Drifter's worst nightmare, democratically and scientifically proven. Thank you so much for coming this afternoon. Uh, We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you continuing to listen. You know, it's a lot of effort that you you put in and you, you know... (laughs) Uh. It's a real commitment. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it can't always be enjoyable. Seldom, maybe. Three hundred
2: episodes. <laughs> as well. Wow!
0: Wow! Uh, but we really appreciate it, and thank you for coming out this afternoon. And uh, we'll see you on episode three hundred and one. <laughs>
2: ah!